Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday, hump day. We kick off uh, Four Down Territory with the Avalanche with a uh, very impressive 5-1 to one win over the Dallas Stars. Just reminding the Dallas Stars who's uh, boss in their division. As the uh, Avalanche... Talk about checking a lot of boxes in this win. Let's start with the fact, Mark, that they got two goals. Two goals from their fourth line in Joel Caravanta and Andrew Cogliano. Jared Bednar all smiles at that. I'd have to look at the stats on it, but when our fourth line produces and they even chip in one goal, I'm sure our record's really good. And tonight they got two. That line, you know, right out of the gate, they get two big goals early in the in the hockey and first half of the hockey game. And and they checked well and played the whole night. And I mean, I thought they did an excellent job. They kind of got it started for us. Yeah. He's, I, he's, hey, I know one thing. When their fourth line scores two goals on a Tuesday night, they don't lose. There's got to be a stat for that. Yeah. They don't lose. Tuesday night, two goals from the fourth line. Boom. That's a win. You, you Are you so concerned about the fact that they always give up the first goal? It, it, Was that 60 seconds in they gave up the yeah, first goal? Like, it's anybody? It's a it's a it's it's a bit annoying, yes. It's yeah. a bit of it's a bit of an irritant. Yes, I'm uh, fresh in my mind that they gave up the first goal in all the games against Seattle last year. Yeah, it's it has been a pattern with this team, hasn't it? And it's not something I wanna I don't want to test that that theory too often. Yeah, it's great that they they're second in the NHL in comeback wins. That's awesome. Yes, that's that's the good news. They they know how to come from behind. Right. But you know the, what? The problem is, is you're behind. You're behind. Let's let's jump on some people first. You know, with the, yeah. the kind of talent the Avalanche have and the pressure that they can apply, you put that you get that first goal, especially in the playoffs. Teams, the pucker factor goes up right away. Right away. Correct. Right away. Correct. So yeah, it's definitely going to be key to watch as we uh, head into the uh, into the playoffs. Couple of milestones: Kale McCarr becomes the all-time leading scoring defenseman in Avalanche history, which is wild. He passes Tyson Berry, three hundred and eight uh, points, and he's only twenty-five. Going to put that record away and uh, retire that one. And uh, Nathan McKinnon, this is oh, this is Mark's watching this one like. Um, you know, a hit streak when any anybody ever came within sniffing distance of Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. This is the same thing. Nathan McKinnon, 29 straight games at home to start the season with at least one point. Within shouting distance of Wayne Gretzky's 40. Yeah. NHL record. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. Stop poo-pooing it. Second down. Michael Malone had a little bit of an edge to him yesterday. A little bit of an edge. You know, he used to coach the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Fired by the Sacramento Kings. Nuggets are 0-3 against the Sacramento Kings this year. Yeah. Uh, Michael Malone's tired of it. Worried about Sacramento, to be quite honest. Again, they've beaten us three times. Uh, in fact, they've, they've kicked our ass three times. We were up 16 last game at home. Uh, and we, 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 we let them come back and De'Aaron Fox took over. But if you look at the three head-to-head matchups, they're scoring 120 they're uh, almost 60 in the paint. They're making over 14 threes a night. So we're literally giving them everything. So I'm not even worried about Miami right now. We'll have our hands full with the Kings tomorrow night. Yeah, this is a, a kind of strange back-to-back for the Nuggets as they'll be playing Miami tomorrow night at home. Mm-hmm. So back-to-back at home, which is unusual. Normally it's 
Yeah, one on the road, one at home. But um, yeah, he he shut that talk down right away. He did not want to uh, reminisce. He didn't want to talk about Miami. He didn't want to talk about you know what what memories of winning the nope nope nope. He's got tunnel vision. You, you heard, you heard he's what got he, tunnel vision right. on the Kings. You, you heard what he said too, right? Giving up 120 bucks, uh, 120 points a night. Giving up what fourteen from the three point line, sixty percent shooting from the paint. Isn't that what he said? Yep. And are those the, the stats he said. He's basically we have not played defense against this team, and that irritates me. Should be fun. Sacramento coming yeah. off a loss to Miami at home on Monday, so no back to back for Sacramento. They're rested. They're ready to go. So hey, let's go. Should be a fun one coming up uh, tonight at the sack. Third down. Peyton, uh, Sean Payton. Hey, maybe other teams screw up drafting quarterbacks. We won't do that. Sometimes it's not as difficult as we make it out to be. And then sometimes, listen, it, it's very difficult. And so um, I think I think we'll be really good at this. Um, and I think to some degree, we're glad that a lot of people aren't. Okay. Mm. There you go. Put those clackers on the table. Yeah. So you you have a theory. Yeah. That he's not going to get caught in chasing what everybody else is going to chase. And it seems like you have a name in mind. No, I didn't really have a name in mind. No? I just am saying that there are a bunch of people that are going to chase the wrong things. There's a bunch of teams out there. Like, let's face it. There's a bunch of teams that aren't committed to winning anyhow. Right, they're 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 committed to, to increasing ticket prices. They're in, they're committed to uh, to increasing the bottom line. They're incre- increasing the value of their franchises. So someday they can sell it for ten billion dollars. So there are going to be a bunch of teams that are chasing quarterbacks that really don't have truly a first round grade. And so for me, that says I'm not chasing that stuff. I'm going to let something come to me, uh, and it's going to be somebody I like. Whether it's that's a JG McCarthy, I don't know. Whether that's a, you know, whether that's a Bo Nix, I don't know. Whether that's a what's the kid from Tulane, Pratt. That might be a Pratt. So, do you take his his bravado as, hey, I know the special quarterback that's out there, and if I move up for him. In my mind, it's a sure thing. Or did you take that to mean uh, 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 I'm not? I, I don't need to move up to get a quarterback. I know what I'm looking for. Right. I know what wins, and I can find that somewhere else. That's what I. That's, you took that. That's where I took it. Is that there are going to be a bunch of guys chasing? Well, they're chasing. You know, they're chasing well, a McCarthy, repeat. JJ right. JJ right now. McCarthy seems to be the the one that uh, a lot of people are pointing to. are pointing to as uh, he he could be the the high riser in all this. But I, I just, my, my gut tells me I'm not chasing one of these. I'm not chasing a Drake May. I'm not chasing a Jaden Daniels. I'm not chasing uh, a Caleb Williams. I'm not chasing any of those guys. Broncos, according to our 9 News Bronco insider Mike Kliss, held a formal interview with J.J. McCarthy last night. Our scheduled meet with Bo Nix and Michael Penix today. And then uh, several more QB prospects throughout the week, including Tulane's Michael Pratt. So there's the latest uh, there. One, two, three. Fourth down. George Payton uh, with this, I guess, uh, sober announcement to Broncos country when it comes to 
free agency. We're not going to be as aggressive as last year. You know, we, we, we have flexibility, but we're going to, you know, just be more measured and, and try to fill specific, you know, positions, specific, specific needs, um, you know, throughout the, the team. But uh, feel like we'll have the flexibility to do that. But we're not going to be like, you know, we can't do that every year and, and be aggressive like we we're, were last year. Why not? Give me the answer. Why? Why not? Um, if you have the money to spend, yeah, because it did, because what they did last year really wasn't fruitful. Was it? I don't, well, wait a minute. You got two starting offensive linemen that that played every game mm-hmm. save for one. Yeah, McGlinchey missed the last game of but the year. But you know as well as I do, those guys are being you, you're paying grade A money for grade B players. That's what that's what he said. We're going to be more judicious with the guys that we spend money on, and we're going to go like I want a younger player that's ascending as a you know at at a reasonable price as opposed to a older player that's descending at at the highest market value. And I think that's what I think that's what they're saying right now is hey we've done this with you know Randy Gregory we've done this with. You know, two offensive linemen and Powers and, and McGlinchey that we got. We've done this, and I'm not bagging on those guys. Those are good, they're good players, but what you're paying them compared to the production that you're getting is you are, are you you drastically overpaid those guys. Well, that'll do it for Four Down Territory. Our tour around the Denver sports scene. Up next, we're all starved for for new, fresh. Uh, angles to go at with this quarterback debate because it is the number one debate uh, surrounding the Broncos. That's what made listening to Sean yesterday talk about quarterbacks and talk about uh, his view of quarterbacks and why some quarterbacks succeed and why some fail was so interesting. So we'll share a lot of that with you coming up next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto-pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. So, of course, when it comes to the uh, Broncos this offseason, it's all about the quarterback. What do they do? Draft one, sign one, trade for one, develop one. What do they do? So I was very, very curious to hear Sean Payton talk at the Combine yesterday because I knew he'd be getting a bunch of questions about about quarterbacks, college quarterbacks, and all that. So I was Because I, I, I'm still really trying to get a, a clear idea of, of what does this guy want. Mm-hmm. What's this guy looking for? So yeah. here you go. Here's some stuff from uh, Sean. First of all, starting off by admitting, hey, we, we got to get this right. I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there's a Bronco fan with a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it, you know, and, and he's drinking the quarterback Kool-Aid. And, I, you know, our, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. He acknowledges that trying to evaluate these QBs coming out of college is difficult. I think one thing that's hard to measure is their ability to multitask and process and make decisions. It's one thing, like you can visit with someone and, you know, 
they can be intelligent, but man, how quickly can they deliver the information and how quickly can they get through the progression? Um, are they accurate? There's some fundamental things that we have to see that are present. Glean anything from that? Well, it's it's one of the things I've been telling you. It's it's really hard. Like you can answer, you can answer questions, you know, on a grease board, and you can you know, you can draw up a route combination and say, hey man, if I get you know middle of the field open on this particular route combination and I'm in a three-by-one formation, you know, I want to attack the middle of the football field because of the, uh, the two-split safety. So number three, the receiver, whatever that is, if it's a tight end or if it's a, you know, a slot guy, whatever it is, he's going to try to get underneath the nickel and then over the top of the mic and exploit the middle of the football field, and that's going to be my first read. I can I can sit there and tell you that. That's It's easy. It's a basic concept, okay? But the bottom line is, can you do it in real time? Can you process it? And I can tell you this. Having sat in a lot of meeting rooms and having watched a lot of film and gone through a lot of different, you know, scenarios and and we were responsible for knowing safety rotations and you know are they rotating down strong or weak or we getting in a single high like that was stuff that we in your stance you're peeking around going okay where's the safety coming from where the linebackers adjusting to all that kind of stuff based on blitz pickup and runs and all those stuff so so you're looking at the same stuff how quickly can you id it identify it and then when it changes from pre to post snap how how good are you at reading that stuff because on a grease board it's easy it never looks the way it looked like in the film projector and on a grease board it never looks that way in real life and the guys that can process it quickly and make the right decision and be accurate. That's those are like that's hard to do at every position. How quickly can they process the information? Um, for some, when you get them in rookie minicamp, you realize it's ah, I've, I've been with a, a rookie before and, and just feel like this is not how I wanted it to go. Um, he's having trouble spitting out the plays. Maybe it takes a while. Um, maybe. Maybe that's something that you realize is going to be a hindrance or set him back. Later on in his press conference, he talked about how he's like, you want that guy who, when he's making a decision, it's yeah, one snap. He said, you know, some guys are, then he you know, snaps his fingers twice. And it's two snaps. He goes, you know, we, we need one, one snap. Sta- yeah, no. And, and, and I think it's. It's clear when you you kind of start to piece everything together, and I, I remember we we talked about uh, his evaluation of Mac Jones when Mac was a rookie. The game that you called for Fox, a New England, mm-hmm. New Orleans game that Sean was coaching, and he was talking about Mac Jones that week. Who was in the midst of a, a good rookie season. He said, "Yeah, we really liked him out of college. Love how he processes. Loves how mm-hmm. he makes decisions." So, first of all, the biggest takeaway. Listening to him again, it just reaffirmed why it didn't work out with Russ. And yeah, th- this this isn't this just isn't the way Russ plays, and it it doesn't mm. mean that Russ <sighs> isn't intelligent or anything like. He just doesn't process as quickly as Sean Payton wants his quarterback to process. Right, and that's why Russ isn't going to be here anymore. So when when you look at what Sean wants, it's it's crystal clear. I, he just wants a. Supercomputer back there. 
Yes. Yeah. And it, it's not about athletic. Yeah. Yeah. You want a, a parameter of athleticism, but he doesn't have to be the greatest athlete. Doesn't have to scramble. You heard him earlier today. I want a guy that's going to eventually they're going to make you win from the pocket. So I've got to have a guy that can win from the pocket. I've got to have a guy that can process information. I've got to have a guy that can spit plays out. You know, in our business, Mike, this is very interesting. In our business, sometimes you'll book a writer to come on the radio because he writes a great article. And you're like, man, this guy, the written word, this guy is a master of the written word. And when I read his articles, man, they come to life. And then you bring him on, and it's like the first attorney they got in my cousin Vinny. You remember that? <laughs> you know? Thought that went well. <laughs> like, wait, what? I want your guy, you know? I mean, like, the guy can't speak. Right. He can't spit it out on the radio. And you're like, Lord have mercy, we got to cut this interview. It's that bad. And the guy's brilliant on the page. Brilliant on the page. Horrible when it comes to articulating a point verbally. Mm. And that's the quarterback position. You could be brilliant on the grease board. You know, brilliant on the grease board. A lot of guys, brilliant on the grease board. You know what they can't do? They can't play. I've seen it a million times at every position. One more from Sean in talking about the part of the quarterback evaluation that you absolutely no excuse to get wrong. We shouldn't miss on accuracy because we get to see it. We shouldn't miss on stature because we get to feel it and look at it and measure it. We shouldn't miss on athleticism. All of those traits should be easier to be correct on, but the more difficult ones, um, leadership we shouldn't miss on. We should feel that and and be able to research that. A lot of this are boxes that are pretty easy to fill, which is why a lot of these quarterbacks get right. drafted because because they do fill check a lot of these boxes. But it's why. Think, hey, by, by the way, it's why Les Snead. And Sean McVay didn't go to the combine last year. Didn't go. Why? Because what am I? I'm just going to go check boxes, athleticism boxes. Right. Right. Leadership boxes. Yeah, leadership boxes, athleticism boxes. Whoop de doo, Basil. Who gives a crap? Man, when I heard Sean Payton, or excuse me, when I heard Sean McVay and Les Snead talk about Puka Nakua. It was. Hold on, hold on to that. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. All right. What's trending coming up next? Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. The Avalanche take care of business last night against the Dallas Stars by uh, beating them by the score of 5 to 1. Actually, fell behind in the first minute of this uh, game, but then uh, roared back and. One going away. And along the way, Kale McCarr became the franchise's all-time leading scoring defenseman, passing Tyson Berry with 308 career points. Devon Taves, his partner on the blue line, with praise for McCarr. Struggles for him is normal days for most people. Um, but, yeah, breaking, breaking a record at, at such a young age, he's going to demolish it. Um, he's got a lot of time ahead of him uh, playing in this organization. So... Ah, uh, the old organization. Organization, but you you can appreciate this is that as great as Kale McCarr is and everything that he has accomplished at such a frightening young age, 
and, and with everything that's ahead of him, he had a, a recent slump. And Bednar was talking about how, yeah, you know, it 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 happens. It it the the best, the greatest of them all will have times where they'll be fighting it. Mm-hmm. Which you know, us mere mortals are going to go. Come on, but even the even the greats, they slump. Sure, they have ebbs and lows and loss of confidence, and yeah. they, they fight themselves for a while. No, there's no question. The greatest players in the world will, you know, have moments of insecurity, if you will, of questioning their, you know, questioning the way they're playing. Their their confidence gets shot. Yeah, I mean that's. That's why it's not, like honestly. That's why it's not for everybody. Why a lot of people just can't handle that. Um, and it is. I've seen. I've seen plenty of guys go. I've gone through it myself. I've seen plenty of guys go through that. But I tell you what, to be twenty five, to be that talented, and when you do go through a slump, you you know, you know how good you are. But it's you start questioning. Like, am I am I doing the same things? Am I working like? What what's changed? You say go go back through, and you're looking at you're looking at your film. Like, did I cross over there like that? Right, but yeah, like right. all that kind of the little things that get in your head. Yeah, absolutely, that stuff goes down. Contavious Caldwell Pope uh, on the text message that could go down in Nuggets lore if they win another championship this year, as uh, Nikola Jokic sent a message to the team after the All-Star break. We already got a text message from him uh, uh, right after the All-Star game, so we already knew what his mindset was and how he was going to come in uh, after the All-Star break. So and for us and one of him being one of our leaders uh, and our true MVP, um, we just had to follow. Like, we knew what his energy and his mindset was, and and we can see it on the court. He's, he's proven it. Uh, and for us, we just got to continue to pick, uh, pick him up, uh, help him out, and just do our thing. Mm. Now, he would not divulge what the uh, message of the text was, but can you theorize as to yeah. what the tone was, what the message was? Well, I think it's a positive tone. Sure. You know, we are best. Something like that, but is it, it? It it seems to me like it was because it's it's Jokic and because mm-hmm. he's uh, he has been more vocal. According to KCP, he's been more vocal yeah. this year as a leader. But still, uh, not not mm. a man of many words. Right. So is it? It had to be something that was delivered in a way that kind of everybody on the team's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is our guy. This is Yoke. Yeah. So here we it, go. It went something like this. It went like, we are best. The world champions. I need to go on parade. Boom. You know? Just like that. Just like that? Yeah. That would get me ready to run through right. a wall. He's like, I want to go on another uh-huh. parade. Uh-huh. Follow okay. my lead. All right. Well, big one tonight against the Sacramento team that they're 0-3 against this year. And um, Michael Malone was not in a joking mode, uh, mood last night, uh, yesterday talking. Uh, somebody made the some <laughs> some unfortunate media... Type said, hey, uh, the Heat are coming in here on Thursday. Uh, does that bring back a lot of memories of uh, winning the championship? Mm. And he's like, uh, no, I'm focused on Sacramento right now. 0-3. Oh, Had him down 16. And we let our foot off the gas. I I don't want to go jinxy cat here and call a game a mortal lock. But... 
this feels like a lock tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one feels like, you know, for Sacramento, it's another game on the schedule. Right? For the Nuggets, this is, this, yeah, this feels this like is it's a, personal. Yeah, this is 0-3. Like I said, they dominated that game, and then they gave it up, you know, middle of the third quarter on. Um, yeah, this one feels like, this one feels like, let me just let you know that if we do happen to meet in the playoffs, what you're up against. It feels like a, it, this feels like a statement game for the Nuggets, does it not? It does. And so for, for those of you who are wondering about their playoff readiness, well, these are the kind of games that you can mm-hmm. point to out of the long 82 game haul. Mm-hmm. And there are a few games that come along, along the way that you can look and say, okay, this has got, this is a playoff this game. This has got a playoff type vibe to it. Let's see how they handle it. I, I, do, I, I think we're like all going to be impressed. I feel like this is a statement game going into the playoffs. If we get you in the playoffs, yeah. we're, you know you know who your daddy is. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> Should be a fun one. Sean Payton in uh, talking about what there's no excuse to get wrong when you're evaluating a quarterback. We shouldn't miss on accuracy because we get to see it. We shouldn't miss on stature because we get to feel it and look at it and measure it. We shouldn't miss on athleticism. All of those traits should be easier to be correct on, but the more difficult ones, um, leadership we shouldn't miss on. We should feel that and and be able to research that. Of those traits that he said you shouldn't miss, you shouldn't get wrong, Mm -hmm. what are the ones that teams tend to get wrong? Oh, they they get wrong the ability to process. Is, no, 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 uh, no. Oh, he wasn't talking oh. about that. Of the ones he was talking about, accuracy, uh, leadership, um, those, those, you the, 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 the ones that get wrong, the, well, the ones that get wrong, accuracy, leadership, I mean, accuracy, you know, arm talent, like all that stuff, That they don't get that wrong. They, they know what that is. I mean, that's easy. That's the easy thing to see. Really, what they get wrong in those things that he was talking about is is the leadership yeah, quality. Yeah, that's what they get wrong. And, and again, because they get so enamored by the athleticism that they actually turn a blind eye to the red flags, the leadership red flags, the immaturity red flag. They they turn a blind eye to that all that and say, oh, I, you know, he's just young. He's just right, this. Right, he's just right. that. You know, they, yeah, absolutely. You know what that makes me think of. How the hell do you draft Paxton Lynch? By the way, some of the draft stories. That's processing, by the way, right there. That was processing. By the way, some of the draft stories about Paxton. uh, Dude, it just is like the the stories that you hear. And and yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to pile on, but some of the stories you hear are so atrocious that you're like, really? You really did that? Or you really said that? I, I hope he's living a, a good life now. I'm sure he is, and, and I'm sure he's maturing, but jeez, I... I'm I'm sorry if 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 I was him I I know there would have to be moments I would wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going, what did I do? How did I blow this? I was gifted with a... a, a Thunderbolt on my right arm. How did I blow this? Why couldn't I have just cared more? Why? Well, what I always tell you, 
talent is wasted on talented yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. Ah, all right. Well, anyway, you know, smear campaign continues. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Sean gets this right so poor Paxton can be left alone. Because until they get it right, yeah, we're not leaving them alone. Mm-mm. Uh, okay, that'll do it for uh, what is a trending. Bring that to you each and every morning at 730. Lots to react to. We want to open up the Ramoslaw.com text line to you. 303-713-1043. Do you have... Try to think like a short, to the point text. What do you think Nikola Jokic said to his teammates that has them all fired up? Well, let's have some fun with that next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station 1043, The Fan. To, uh, some of your ideas as to what the Nikola Jokic uh, message was to his team coming out of the All-Star break. Open that up to the texters on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Uh, I'm going to try to find a silver lining and actually have some have some fun with this conversation because uh, last night was kind of a unique night in basketball as not one but two half-court buzzer beaters won basketball games. Mm. And unfortunately... One of them uh, happened to the uh, CSU Rams last night. Tied up at 74. One last chance here for Nevada. 2.5 seconds to go. Length of the floor. Inbounds to Lucas. Drives to the half-court line. Heaves it up with a buzzer. Good. He banked it in from half-court. He banked it in from half-court. Nevada wins it on a half-court shot from Jared Lucas, who had just missed three of four from the foul line. Inconceivable. That was on the fan last night, the CSU call. That's Brian Roth, I believe, right? Yeah, I think Brian with the call. That's a gut bust. Gut what? What are you looking at me for? I'm just am impressed that you know who calls that. Oh, he's been calling games for forever. Yeah? Yeah. Good, good dude. Good pro. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I believe he's still calling the games. I think he is. So, but that's, wow. And you had the Cleveland Cavaliers won on a last-second heave uh, to by Max, uh, Max Struess, one, uh, hit one from half court, to walk off uh, their game last night. So I, I heard this debate earlier, and it was a fun one. So I want to kind of resuscitate a little bit. What to you is the most exciting way for a game to end? Okay? Here's mm. what you got. Okay. Okay? You got um, a buzzer beater. Okay. Like, like, a, like, a, like a half court, like, yeah. like Jokic's shot against Golden State. One yeah. of those like buzzer beater type shots. Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Walk off home run or overtime goal. Now the overtime goal well, is because it's because, because, it's, 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 because the other team gets a, a, a no, no 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 it's it's not right diminished. okay overtime goals diminished because okay. you're 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 yeah I mean you're still getting a certificate of participation right. like there's a they're kissing your sister and if you talk about the playoffs it's a playoff game right so it is win or go home mm-hmm. so the overtime goal obviously is is hugely exciting what about the sudden death touchdown now in football yeah in football right. If both teams get a possession. Great point. Oh, let's add that. Down. All right, let's add that one to it. What to you is the greatest, the the most exciting way for a game to end? And and yeah, so it's not. And by the way, it's it's got to be 
I guess you got to look at it from the, the standpoint of, um, you know, is it is it a regular season game? Is it a playoff game? Because obviously it, yeah. the, the differences uh, take on more more meaning. But uh, what, what do you think is the most exciting way for a game to end? That's a great, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I like, I mean, the Hail Mary is cool. doesn't happen very often, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, what about the missed field goal in regulation that the other team wins? <laughs> like like Scott Norwood, right? Or wide right. The the Bills scenario. Yeah, the Bills scenario. Yeah. Um, sorry, Bills fans. Yeah, sorry, Bills fans. Now, I still for me, it's probably the walk off homer. It's the competition, the the matchup between pitcher and hitter, and. You know, and it's the pressure that's on, the fact that if you hit three out of ten, you're a Hall of Famer, like the odds against you, and to be able to walk a team off, I think that is, like, that is still, for me, provides a ton of excitement. See, for me, nothing beats the overtime playoff goal. Nothing. Because there's that that sense that, you know, every every... Every time the team that you root for, like the puck comes into your zone, it's like you're holding your breath until the puck gets moved back out of the zone again. Right. And it's it's just the the you're just waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Is it is it gonna be is it is it gonna be an innocent shot from the point that gets deflected two or three times mm-hmm. and the goalie never sees it? That's the game winner. Is it gonna go in off a skate? Uh is it gonna be a beautiful sniper goal? And then there's just that that release of energy um, because it's so sudden. I mean, the walk off home run is the thing I love about the walk off home run is it's it's the reaction of the team that's been beaten. If for some reason, when you are beaten in a last second scenario like that, nothing you don't feel the defeat more than when you watch a baseball team just kind of mope off the field after they've given up the. I think. Walk off. I think the thing, one of the things about the walk off homer for me, is the pictures are so great because you've got, like you said, the reaction of the team who just got walked off. You've got the reaction of the team that just did the walking off. You've got the guys pouring out of the dugout. You've got the long trot yes. around the yes. baseball diamond, yep. and you've got the fan shots. The you know, if it's obviously if it's a home crowd, yeah. it, 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 and, and because it takes, what does it take to trot around the bases? Almost, you know, forty-five seconds, a minute, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's just this. There's just this moment, this long moment, that the pictures get to speak, and that part is that part is really probably one of the cooler, like visuals, if you will. But if you go back and if you look at both buzzer beaters last night. Mm-hmm. And and if you can just hear, and it's just the crowd. If all you hear is just the crowd, there's something about a buzzer beater because when the ball is in the air, uh huh, everything gets quiet. Right, right. There's that moment of just the ball is in the air and everybody just hushes. Yeah, and they're all watching, and then you got that explosion, or in the case of last night at, at Moby Arena, just this like. The air just let out of the entire arena. Mm-hmm. That that moment that you get 
with the the buzzer beater while that ball is in the air that the other sports can't compare with. Other than the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary does have that element too though. Of, sure. But there's something about the Hail it just it's it's so infrequent, I guess. The yeah. Hail Mary. That yeah, it doesn't happen very It's often. more about the suspense of like, oh, they almost got it. Yeah. Oh, that was so close. If only, right? Almost more than the actual completion of it. I don't know. I I think about the Kirk Gibson walking up injured as a pinch hitter mm-hmm. in the World Series. Like, I don't know. I yeah. it, it's there. It, it's what makes sports sport. It's the greatest. I, it's why right. sports is the greatest reality show ever. Is when you have those kind of moments last night. Um. All right. Somebody's making the. Somebody's making the case. Here you go. This one's for you, Mark. Uh, Penalty kicks in a World Cup soccer match. Yeah. Penalty kicks. No thanks. Penalty kicks. It all no. comes down. Yeah, it all comes down. Whole world. Billion people watching penalty kicks. Come on now. It wouldn't come down to penalty kicks if you guys could actually score in a 0-0 tie. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm sorry, soccer fan. I, I I I know that we've we've had our battles over the years. I'm so, I'm just never gonna be able to get past that. The idea that the biggest tournaments in the world, the biggest tournament of them all, whatever you want to say about soccer, the World Cup is the biggest tournament in the world in, in any sport. And the fact that it can be decided after sixty plus minutes of you know, back and forth decided on penalty kicks. Are you trying to get me? What? Sixty minutes? Oh, yeah. No. No, that wouldn't have counted. Okay. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. <laughs> plus, that's, plus. That's true. I'm just, I just don't care enough about soccer to truly know how long the game is. Plus, fake, plus, plus the fake injury time. Plus the fake injury time. Plus extra time, which for some reason is only kept on the field. Uh, and nobody knows nobody how long the extra knows time. What, oh, the game just ended. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I just, uh, I, I will never ever be able to wrap my brain around that because you, you start looking at all the, the, the comparisons. It'd be like, okay, game seven, Stanley Cup Finals. It's oh, it's tied. We're gonna decide the Stanley Cup on a shootout. Could you imagine? No, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay, the uh, the Super Bowl has ended in in a tie. We're going to decide it on. Field goal kicks. Yes, we're just going to keep going back until somebody misses. Right. Could and, you imagine? And that wins it. Could you imagine? No. No. Heavens, no. Basketball. Game seven. NBA finals. Tied. Regulation. Free throw contest. Free throw contest. <laughs> Send us your best guy. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. come on. He was 92% during the regular <laughs> right. season, but he Ooh. clanked one off Ooh. the front of the rim. Talk about the announcer jinx there. Wow. Yeah, sorry, soccer fan. And I know you soccer fans like to dig in, but even you, deep down in your core, yeah. are embarrassed at this. Yeah. That this is the way that that, that, that it ends. So, uh, all right, well, you know, we're getting some great stuff. Um, but in the, let's wrap it up. In the end, the great, the best walk-off moment for you is what? I, I like the walk-off homer. I love the buzzer beater. I love the buzzer beater. Yeah, the other thing, great thing about buzzer beaters is no. that when you get like um, um, the Sports Illustrated used to be great at this, you know, back before they jumped a shark and <sighs> crumbled. But they, they used to have these, you'd, you'd see these, they did a great job of capturing like when the, the shot was in the air 
and you would see the crowd, right. and all the eyes, you right. know, and the and the different reactions and emotions that people would be showing as the ball was in the air, mm-hmm. and um, and it was, it, you know, there's just something about that moment that I think is the best. And unfortunately for CSU, they were on the receiving end of it. Tied up at 74. One last chance here for Nevada. 2.5 seconds to go. Length of the floor. Inbounds to Lucas. Drives to the half-court line. Heaves it up with a buzzer. Good. He banked it in from half-court. He banked it in from half-court. Nevada wins it on a half-court shot from Jared Lucas, who had just missed three of four from the foul line. Hey, CSU, by the way, Stop screwing around, okay? Your 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 spot in the NCAA tournament is secure right now, but you're you're kind of limping down the stretch here. Don't screw around because you could suddenly find yourself on the the bubble if you're not paying uh, close enough attention. So, uh so the the some of the ideas for what Nikola Jokic uh said. <laughs> this one I like this one the best. Um Hold on a second. Here it is. You guys didn't get me anything for my birthday, so you're a bad teammates. Better play good the rest of the way. <laughs> you're bad teammates. <laughs> he, I, he was joking. He goes, they didn't get me anything for my birthday. Right. Did you guys take care of each other on their birthdays? No. You, no? Did you even know? Like You don't even know. Because like, I've seen sometimes where like there'll be like a cake out on the field or something like that and you're is it like a head coach's birthday or you never celebrated a birthday out on the I've seen I've seen it I've, we've all seen it I've seen it on the court on the ice that during practice they'll you know bring out a little cake and wish somebody what, happy what, birthday what, what, grade school do you bring no this was pro sports do you bring do you bring cupcakes cupcakes yeah, yeah everybody who's in charge of the cupcakes who's in charge of the cupcakes come on sign up we got a sign up sheet who's the team mom Team mom bring cupcakes. Does team mom bring a <laughs> can't have a team can't have a team mom with the Jets. Zach Wilson. Oh, <laughs> oh my, oh my. Yeah, too soon. No, too soon. Too soon. Uh, no. I well, we did have a birthday party. Um, we did have a, a little birthday party because myself and Tim Johnson had birthdays close to. Right at the end of January, January, I'm 25th, and I think he was 27th or 29th, and we had a little, uh, we played, well, we played the Super Bowl on January 20th, did we play on 20, I don't know what we played it on, but we had a little Saturday, little birthday cake with our wives, but it was a wives, because we were all at the Super Bowl site, so the wives put a little birthday party together, you know, and we all went down and got a slice of cake at the pool, but not the team, the team doesn't do that. One slice? <laughs> one slice. One slice. What, one slice what, was, only. The, what was this? <laughs> <laughs> one slice was <laughs> one slice <laughs> only. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I might have been more. How big slices. was that slice? That's what yeah. I'd like to know. Is there, uh, is there any cake left? <laughs> some people bring actually some people bringing up some other great you know mm. last lap of a tight NASCAR race. Didn't we just have one of those last weekend in Atlanta? Three astride, right down to the end. Um, you weren't watching? No. Neither was I, but I did follow it. Paid attention. The last lap last of a lap. tight How about NASCAR, NASCAR race. race. How about a triple crown horse race coming down the once they hit the stretch? That's pretty... Now, I will tell now, there's you. There's some suspense there. That's I, pretty cool. I will cool. tell you, going 
to the horses and watching the horses, the a- the athletes that those horses are. They are athletes. And the competition. Yep. Like they, they know they're competing. Yeah, they love to run now. And being on the rail and watching them coming down the rail, you know, in a tight race, that that is if you've never done it, if you're still on the rail oh, and watch, my God. those damn things are beasts. Unbelievable. It, it, beasts. I got, to, I got to be right down. I covered the Preakness one year, and I was right down there by the track. Oh, see, I've never been to a big, like, a oh, big race. Oh, my God. It, it's... <sighs> I've been to a bunch that, of small... Because, again, there's that sense is that you hit the turn, mm-hmm. and that, that final, and all... Oh, these, these, be- these animals are magnificent. And, and so much so that when... Back around uh, when we were getting ready to go from 1999 to 2000, they did uh, ESPN did the top 100 athletes of the century, mm-hmm. and it got a lot of run, a lot of attention, a lot of debate. I I don't know. I think it was number nine, Secretariat, a horse. Yeah, came in at like number nine on the top athlete list, and it got a lot of debate. And but I'm I'm here to tell you. I had no problem with it because that horse knew it was competing. Oh, there's no question. Those those horses know. <laughs> they know. They they totally know. And so for that horse to go out and win and dominate the way that it did, yeah, I'm I have no problem putting Secretariat by, high up on the uh, athlete list. So by the way, my my college roommate Booner McKenna. Booner has a uh, ranch. It's so where we go for Vandal Weekend, just outside of Spokane, Washington, Lake Roosevelt, and it's called Down the Stretch Ranch, and he just retires horses, racehorses there. And so he's got a, he's got a, uh, um, a ranch down there that, that deals with, you know, veterans who are suffering from PTSD and all that, all that kind of stuff. So they match a veteran up with one of the retired racehorses. Oh, cool. And it's really cool because, you know, they, they put them out to pasture for a year or so to get them to calm down a little bit. And then what happens is the veterans will, like, line up on the fence, and the and they just let the horses roam around until a horse kind of picks the vet. No and kidding. that becomes your horse for the week that you're there or whatever, and you learn how to ride it and groom it and take care of it and feed it and, and do all the, oh, that's awesome. the ranch hand stuff. And it's a really cool program. Um and so anyhow, it's a, yeah, down the stretch ranch. Check it out. You can look it up online and it's pretty it's pretty cool.